Sorry about the long intro there. We are trying to get our guests for the show on today. Uh, I've got a really great show. We're going to be talking about state tyranny and government overreach. Uh, again, my name is Casey Whalen of the, uh, the media platform North Idaho Exposed. I've been part of people's rights since its inception, essentially, and uh, helping document uh, tyranny in the state of Idaho. And, boy, is it, do we ever have a lot of, of, of things to handle 
uh, to take care of in the state of Idaho. So our guests are, uh, we'll get to them in just a second here, but I want to mention, <clears throat> I started off as a what's called a First Amendment auditor, and that's where you film police and you uphold, you, you get to try to have them uphold the rule of law and educate our local police department. And uh, I did that for, for a couple of years. Um, and long story short, after trying to hand out full-size constitutions from the Idaho Secretary of State's office, I would take them into the police stations and the sheriff's department, uh, and I would film also while I did that. And then they actually disseminated my information through the Washington State Fusion Center, uh, and I was put into a report called Regional Intelligence Group 9, and it basically showed me going into the police department with a stack of constitutions and filming, and just basically saying, you know, he's handing out constitutions and filming, so the officers are aware of it. So that's kind of how I got my start, and now I've pivoted into becoming a a citizen journalist, and I've had the honor of working with uh, uh, our two guests today. Uh, Before we get to our guests, though, I'd like to bring on my co-host. Some of you may know uh, James Freeman. James, are you there? I'm here. Hey, how you doing, buddy? Doing good. Thanks for uh, <clears throat> thanks for letting me co-host with you today. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you, you, now you started out as a First Amendment auditor, also, and can you maybe elaborate a little bit more on on uh, what what did you, I think we started about the same time in 2018, uh, you know, film and police and that sort of thing. So, uh, just give us a little background on on who you are. Yeah. So I um, I really kind of started out. Uh, probably the same way you did just locally in my area. Um, I didn't, I don't think I necessarily started out as what they call a first amendment auditor. It's just that when I would go and have to do business with my government, uh, because they, they kind of forced me to, I would video document all of my interactions, um, because it may come as a shock to some people, but sometimes government lies. Um, <laughs> uh, and so I would document all of my interactions just to make sure that I covered myself. And and later on, when they started saying things happened that didn't or saying that things didn't happen that did, I had video proof of it. I posted a couple of my interactions on YouTube to share with four or five local friends, but they were set to public. And one of those interactions got a half a million views. Um, and and that's when First Amendment auditors started reaching out to me and saying, hey, you should, uh, you should go out and record police more and, and do this and do that. And I said... All right, I'll give that a shot. This sounds good. Keeping government accountable, or at least attempting to, and shedding some light on them. So, I uh, haven't turned back since. Yeah, and you've had some some pretty big uh, victories, really. Uh, was it Salvaggio, uh, the, the police chief uh, there in Texas, I believe? Uh, you got him fired. That's a whole other story. But long story, just to su- suffice to say, you know, First Amendment auditing is extremely effective. Uh, it can be pretty daunting. Uh, it is it is a lot of hard work. Uh, it takes a lot of courage and tenacity to do it. But I, but if there's, I definitely think there's a place for it uh, because it definitely does draw attention to the rule of law and, and where there are issues, legitimate issues. So I just thank you for being uh, on today. Appreciate you you coming on. So uh, you're you're a hero in my book, uh, along with our two guests here. So. Uh, our two guests today, I want to first get to uh, Sarah Brady, uh, and she, you, you may remember her story. Uh, Sarah, are you there by chance? I don't know if we have Sarah on yet or not. I'm here. Can you hear me okay? Oh, yeah. I hear you just fine, Sarah. Yeah. Okay. Why don't you, I know you, you're, you're not at an event right now in Kuna, Idaho with Ammon Bundy, and you're going to be speaking uh, 
here in the next hour, so you don't have a, a lot of time. But can you tell people a little bit about your story real quick, and then uh, maybe just five or so minutes, and then we're going to have Afshin uh, give his story, and then we'll, we'll go go from there. Yeah, so my name is Sarah Brady, and um, back when we had the COVID shutdown, Brad Little's, you know, shutdown order in um, 2020, April 21st, I took two of my kids to a play date, and um, I was arrested for just basically standing asking questions um, about the shutdown um, and why the playground equipment was closed when we could play basketball or sit at the picnic tables, and... Um, this one officer in particular was just uh, not, I guess, appreciating my pushback or my voice um, because I was a little bit, I think, more outspoken uh, than the other moms. You know, typically I think when officers are giving orders, most people just comply, and I didn't feel that I he had a lawful um, order. I didn't think he was giving a lot lawful directions, and so um, I was standing in an area that actually the parks were open. The playground equipment was what they had uh, wrapped up with tape. I was never touching that, uh, nor in an area that had been wrapped up with tape. Anyway, this officer started counting down to me, and I told them to go ahead and arrest me, and they booked me into the Ada County Jail, where at the time they let out about 300 inmates to stop the spread, booked me in, and I was charged with trespassing. That carries, it's a misdemeanor, and it carries up to six months in jail and a $1,000 fine, and the state of Idaho is actually prosecuting my case. And I've had two trials suspended by the Ada County Courts, and I now have a third trial set for uh, January 24th and 25th um, of 2023, and I've spent about $26,000 in legal fees. And that's, that's the story in a nutshell. <laughs> okay, and you do definitely need help, so if people at the end of this decide they'd like to help you out, where could people go to do that? Yeah, so um, you can either go to Gifts and Go, and you can type in my name, Sarah Brady, or I have a website that's uh, supportsarahbrady.com, and there's a, a link there where you can donate. Okay, and, and you, you just told me, too, that as of January, or, you know, whenever your court case is in January, your case will have been active, essentially, for over a 1,000 days. That's correct. We're at about 927 days right now. Once the trial actually kicks off, we'll be over 1,000 days of prosecution by the state of Idaho. Okay. That's unbelievable. All right. Well, let's, uh, let's go to our other guests. I think this would, this would be fun to, to have both our guests kind of give their story and then maybe have them ask each other questions. Um, and then I do have hopefully a special guest calling in the last 15 minutes, uh, and we'll see if they, they call in. Uh, uh, but uh, my next guest is uh, Pastor Ashton Yakton, and he's in the state of Washington, and he was arrested at the Drag Queen Story Hour uh, at the South Hill Library on June 15th in 2019, so before COVID happened. Uh, but I would like Ashton to kind of give his uh, his story there. Ashton, are you there? I am. Hey, Casey. Great to speak hey. with you again. Yeah, and you too. It's been a while. Didn't we meet at that Drag Queen Story Hour when I was arrested that day? Yeah, that's how we met. Yep. yep. That is how we met. So. Casey did an incredible job documenting all of that. And something else that I just wanted to bring up that not everybody might know, I'm sure your listeners know, but uh, we're not the only ones. Sarah and I are not the only ones that were arrested. Casey was actually arrested also. And there's quite an interesting story there, too, uh, when you were trying to liberate the park. So I really appreciate the work that you did there. 
that that was a lot of fun just to watch. Um, and I don't even know how what your you know where your case is and everything right now. But uh, hopefully you've gotten through that as well. Yeah, I, I, I'd rather just focus on you guys. But uh, I was arrested actually for two different things during COVID, and one was taking down signage at uh, Honeysuckle Beach and taking it back to the sheriff's department. And these signs basically said that if you're from out of state. You had to return to the state you were from or self-quarantine for 15 days or 14 days, or you may be charged with a misdemeanor. So they were actually proactively going after people at the beaches and the trailheads in uh, Hayden, Idaho, in North Idaho, the Kootenai County Sheriff's Department was. So I took their signs back to the Sheriff's Department, put them up outside their exit entryway, and they charged me with um, mutilating public records. <laughs> and then I was arrested for taking some protesters in a courthouse without masks on, and they just grabbed me and then basically uh, trespassed me for a, a year for the Bonner County Courthouse for not wearing a mask. So yeah, but I, let's let's get let's not let's focus on you guys. I would, why don't you tell your story real quick, Ashton, if you could yeah, kind of set, set that up for us. Love the work that you did there. Thank you for that. But what happened with me was mm-hmm. that. Uh, you know, we had the first ever Drag Queen Story Hour coming to Spokane, Washington in its history. This had never happened before. This was back in 2019, where you would only see these kind of things happening in, you know, ultra-liberal states like New York, where mo- most of these drag queens actually originated. There's a big organization that organizes these across different states. And so... You know, we got together with a group of Christians and patriots in the area, uh, along with several other pastors, and just there was a pretty big crowd that that we got together to go in and protest this. And uh, within that larger protest, there was uh, several of us who actually had the intention of doing our very best to actually stop the Drag Queen Story Hour from occurring. You know, for me... Um, it wasn't enough to just say, hey, we're just going to be out there with signs and protesting while these little children get molested in their minds and are psychologically damaged by seeing these, you know, grown men dressed up as women uh, reading stories about gender fluidity and and whatnot to five-year-olds and six-year-olds and seven-year-olds. And so, you know, we organized a sit-in protest at the time. We thought, you know what, if we can get into the library and just take over the space, um, we can actually prevent this from happening. Uh, Of course, uh, you know, the police had gotten word of this and the opposition had gotten word of this. And so we were met with pretty massive police presence. Um, We had... And and just really quickly, I'm sorry to... Interrupt you, but the the whole library grounds was cordoned off with a yellow caution tape police line, do not cross, and so they would have the drag queen or whoever was in favor of that event on the library grounds, and then if you're a protester protesting it, you had to be across the street, and a number of media outlets, including the New American Magazine, uh, were kicked across the street. I w- was actually also, but I was the only one who exercise my rights with under uh, Washington Constitution, Article 1, Section 5, which is, uh, has to do with freedom of speech, and I cited that to them, and I was allowed to go back across the street and continue to document. But everybody else had, all the other media outlets had to be over on the other side of the street. Um, but I wanted just to point that out, because in the, all the body camera footage we got, uh, the police were blatantly asking people, what side are you on? And, and you had some people saying, what do you mean, I'm just walking down the sidewalk. 
So we had massive civil rights violations that day. I'm sorry to interrupt you. No, I mean, interject, you know, uh, anytime. But it was just remarkable to see because like you were seeing, what our attorneys called it as viewpoint discrimination, which means that based on your ideological you know, mindset, what you believed, you were either let onto the library or you were told to go across the street, which was far removed from the actual event. And uh, so, you know, immediately they identified me as a uh, protester because I was holding a Bible, I guess, you know, or, or I didn't look the part of the uh, drag queens. And um, they just immediately told me that you need to go across the street. And uh, I refused. You know, I said, well, well this after, is a public To interject really quickly, how that happened was because we got the body camera footage of it. One of the librarians saw you coming. She went in, mm-hmm. to a cop with their body camera, which we have, and tells her, hey, this is, the, this is a, a pastor. He's coming to the library, to, you know, something to, to that effect. And so that's what tipped them off was one of the li- <laughs> their own librarians. That's right. That's right. And at, at that point, you know, we had the police presence was incredible because not only did we have like garrison garrisons of of, you know, troops of police there and sergeants and all kinds of police, but we had snipers on the roof from the SWAT team pointed at us. I mean, this was like a major ordeal with we had what a hundred plus, maybe a hundred fifty people from our side. And several hundred from the other side. I don't know the exact numbers, but there were a lot of people there. And uh, they basically were telling me that I cannot stand at the public library grounds. That was LGBT territory, uh, pretty much, you know, is in essence what they were saying. And that if we didn't agree with it, we need to leave the premises and go across the street. Uh, which to me is insane, you know, that you could even tell someone that they can't be there based on what you believe. And so, you know, I, I pressed in. I, I, I said, no, you know, it's my right to be here. I'm, I'm a U.S. citizen. I'm a resident of Spokane. This is my public library at 12 o'clock in the afternoon. Uh, it's open. I can go in. And, uh, you know, they kept saying, no, no, you know. And then we got into a little bit of debate and, and uh, ultimately, I was warned that if I don't go into the so-called free speech zone across the way, that I would be arrested. And, you know, my thinking is, well, the entire U.S. is a free speech zone. There is no such thing as a free speech zone. I don't agree to any of that when police try to set that kind of thing up. And um, they warned me again. They said, if you, you know, if you're going to have to leave, uh, if you don't go across the street, you know, surrounded by police at this point, um, we're going to arrest you. And I said, well, you're just going to have to arrest me then. And sure enough, within five minutes, I was in handcuffs. Uh, I was dragged back to the back of the library to the paddy wagon. And uh, as they call it, I don't even know that's what those things are called because I'd never been arrested before. Um, and uh, I was in handcuffs. I was in chains. Uh, it was the handcuffs weren't enough. They kind of chained me to to something, and then uh, to myself, like in you know, like in a belt or something with chains and the handcuffs too. Threw me in the back of the paddy wagon for about three hours, um, and we're just blasting the air. It was like freezing. It was like frigid in there. I think they purposely done that, you know, and blasting music and all kinds of stuff. It's really crazy. 
Okay, well, we have to go to a break, and then we're going to come back and go to Sarah Brady because she has to. Uh, she can't stay the, for the full show. We'll be right back here on the White Rose Resistance Hour. Dead people see only what they want to see. And frankly, most of us are still dead. Let me give you the lessons of gold and five easy lessons. Number one, don't buy it because you need to make money. You buy gold because you need to protect the money you already have. Don't ever look at the price as a barrier. Look at it as an incentive. Number three, don't buy its paper pretenders. We talked about that a lot. Buy gold. Buy the real thing in the form of coins and bullion. Fourth, don't fall prey to glitzy television or Facebook ads. Do your due diligence instead. And that's what I try to provide you with and have for 26 and a half years on the air and 30 years in this profession. Fifth, don't allow naysayers to divert your interest. Allow yourself the right to protect your interests as you see fit. Jeff Bennett here. And one of the ways you can do that is to contact Kettle Moraine Limited. Contact me by calling or texting me at 602-799-8214. 602-799-8214. You can also email me at kettlemoraineltd at cox.net. Let me help you protect your wealth and your family today. Once again, call or text us at 602-799-8214 or visit our website, sierramadrepreciousmetals.com. Be glad to help you out. Be glad to answer your questions. That's what we're here for. No pressure. Just good, hard, common sense. The decision then becomes up to you. Have you been looking for a trusted long-term storable food company? We have a solution for you. Simply Clean Foods is dedicated to providing the best quality food you can buy next to fresh from a farmer's market. Our line of resealable fruits, vegetables, and meats are suitable for everyday use, and you won't have to worry about throwing away valuable groceries ever again. Our food is completely GMO-free, and our stringent quality controls, plus testing for heavy metals, makes us unique in the storable foods market. Simply Clean Foods' primary focus is to bring clean food to people all around the world and change the way we look at freeze-dried food in our daily cooking. When you purchase from Simply Clean Foods, not only will you be receiving high-quality food, but you will also be supporting veterans in need across the country and those who are affected by natural disasters. Go to republicbroadcasting.org and click on long-term food storage in the rotating sponsors' banners to support RBN. Simply Clean Foods. Do it today. Meanwhile, back in the year one, when you belong to no one, you didn't stand a chance, son, if your pants were undone. Cause you were bred for humanity And sold to society One day you'll wake up in the present day All right, welcome back to the White Rose Resistance Hour. It's uh, November 5th, 2022. I'd like to thank uh, Stuart Howe for letting me... uh, I have the platform today to have these really wonderful guests on and, and talk about government tyranny. 
uh, state oppression. And, uh, boy, these stories really do encompass that, don't they? Uh, it's really, really tragic what's going on in our country right now. And, it, it uh, you know, I, 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 I'm seeing things get, you know, people are definitely standing in the gap, so that's very exciting. So uh, I'd like to go to uh, Sarah now, though, and this is also show number 82. So I want to mention that before I forget. Uh, but I want to go back to Sarah uh, because I want to let her go at the next break here so she can get to uh, her event here with Ammon Bundy. And, and we're also expecting that special guest maybe uh, the, the last uh, 15 minutes of the show. So, Sarah, uh, why don't you just, uh, you know, take it anywhere you'd like to. It's been um, a really hard road. Um, I've done a bunch of interviews with you over the last couple couple years now. Uh, I can't believe, believe you're still dealing with this. Uh, I just can't. It, you must be a little bit numb to all this now, it sounds sounds like. Yeah, I don't know if, I mean, numb or just, like, used to it, right? It's kind of become a part of my life, and, um, you know, in some ways it's, it's still, you know, it's still an extra to-do to deal with on my plate. You know, I'm a, I'm a mom of four children, um, you know, married to a, a police officer, and so... Um, it, yeah, but, you know, in, in some ways, too, it's been kind of, uh, you know, I guess exciting to see um, or to be able to see how how the leadership in Idaho, how how it's really revealed the, the colors, the true colors of our uh, supposedly Republican leaders. You know, people like Brad Little, um, who's the governor of Idaho, uh, Lawrence Wasden, you know, his office, it's, he's directly in charge um, of my case um, in his, you know, because his office is in charge of it. And so to be able to... They won't drop it, right? The last, no, and, and many people have asked him and, and, and pushed pretty hard on that. But I do feel like in a lot of ways, the reason why we, one of the reasons why um, Lawrence Wasden was the attorney general of Idaho uh, was voted out in the Republican primary it's because during, um, like, the town hall meetings or, you know, campaigning, so many people were pushing back and asking him about my case. And there's actually somebody sent me on video, um, him saying, I've been ready since day one to prosecute that case. And so, if, you know, if my case can, um, if things like that can happen for my case, I, you know, I'll do this for another 100 years. I'll do this till I die. Because at the end of the day, it's, it's helping weed out, you know, those, uh, <laughs> you know, unwanted, you know, the people that really don't care about the Constitution, the people who really don't care about, you know, the people, and they're just, you know, um, I mean, why why spend taxpayer money for this long just simply because I was standing in an open legal area of that, that park? I was standing on wood chips. You can't tell me I'm in the same category as a rapist, a pedophile, and murderer. You just can't look me straight in the face and do it. No one can. Right, wood and chips. so I mean, your, your wood chips argument—that's just—that's hilarious, you know. If you're I mean, that's what it chips, was. You know, I was—I was standing on—I was standing on, was standing the, the on you know, chips. the poor wood chips. So that's the victim, right? The you know, and really, what I think this is is I, I don't. You know, we can say all day long that the misdemeanor citation, or not, excuse me, the misdemeanor, um, you know, charge is about trespassing, but that's really not what this is about. What this is really about is a mother who stood up in front of her two children and vocally expressed her concerns and you know i was pointing out things like you know let's remember back two and a half years ago uh you know in ada county the sheriff's department had a non-essential hairstylist come in right remember governor little said some people were essential some people weren't right um and you know they had a hairstylist come in their argument was well because we're essential we we need this person this is this person's essential to us but that 
But what about all the other hairstylists that didn't get to be hired for that job? Right, and so it was really our, kind of our sheriff's department did the same thing actually during the lockdown when other people couldn't have go to a, a barber. The bar, you know, the hair salon right. couldn't even be open. Right. They, the, they, right. the sheriff's department brought in a barber, and I got public records of people asking if they could get their hair cut, if their family could get their hair cut <laughs> through the sheriff's. Yeah, what's, it, and what's that crazy. about? Right, it's crazy. Yeah, and you, we had um, you know the the uh, a person on the park and rec's um, board. Uh, he made sure that the doggy park stayed open. You can't tell me that a dog can't spread COVID, but the surface of a playground equipment can. I mean, and so really what this charge, what's this about? This is about me having common sense. This is about me being vocal and speaking out. Basically, this is a political prosecution. You can't yeah, tell me it's anything else. Because if it was really about what I did, if it was really about, I mean, this would have been let go. And one thing I've forgotten to mention in the story is back in January, actually, my case was sent to mediation. And I sat there for about two hours with a, with a mediation judge who was different. Now, again, I hadn't seen a judge in person until this year of May. So for two years of my case, two years, I've done Zoom court. Zoom court. You know, and talk about, you know, where's my right to face my accuser? The, the wood chips. But where's my right to face, you know, no, no jokes, jokes aside, where's this right for me to be able to appear in person? And so we sat there for two hours, and essentially what happened was, you know, at the end of it, the, the state of Idaho, they said, you know, well, if you, the, the, if you, we'll, we'll, we'll lower it down to a citation. It's a $50 ticket, basically a $50 fine. You just have to plead guilty. And I told them no, because my innocence is worth more than that. Okay, we got we got to take one more break. Uh, another break here, Sarah. I don't know if you can stay another couple more minutes. Uh, we'll be back, right back here on the White Rose Resistance Hour. I want the truth. You can't handle the truth. You're listening to Republic Broadcasting Network. Real news, real talk, real people. Because you can handle the truth. Are you sick of censorship? TLB Talk is the cure. TLB stands for Truth, Liberty, and Balance. We are the newest and most unique social media platform to hit the Internet. We were built out of necessity because Big Tech, Big Pharma, and Big Brother are out of control. The only thing bigger than them is when we the people are united. With that vision, TLB Talk was born. Our battlefield is in cyberspace. The battle we're in can be won by clicks of buttons and voting with your wallet. TLB Talk has no hidden agendas, no corporate funding, and we do not sell, trade, or give away any of your information. Our platform runs off of generous donations of members and merchandise profits. So please, check out our site. It's the best around. And be sure to stop by our store. It's loaded with items that'll have you feeling a sense of member pride and victory. Come unite with us today at TLBTalk.com and join the social media revolution. What would you say if I told you we have a new tool that will increase production and lower maintenance costs for your meat processing company? And it would pay for itself in just six weeks. When pigs fly! The new Ease-Off Model EZ4 replaces old spring-style carcass droppers and is faster, safer, and more reliable. The Ease-Off lowers or lifts 1,000 pounds to or from your rail automatically using our remote control. Sounds expensive! Can I afford it? Can you afford not to try the Ease-Off? 
It installs fast with just three bolts in place of your current dropper. The effortless operation will reduce fatigue and injuries, speed up your line, eliminate downtime, and increase profit. How can I order my EaseOff? Go to EaseOff.com, E-A-Z-E-O-F-F.com. And hurry, because we are offering $200 off on the new Easy 4 for a limited time. EaseOff.com. We make pigs fly. Cows, too. EaseOff, LLC. Summersville, Missouri. 417-932-6419. Hello, I'm Dr. Leonard Horowitz. I was right 30 years ago in warning the world about threatening lab virus outbreaks, AIDS, and Ebola. I was right 20 years ago when FBI Director Robert Mueller made me a suspect in the anthrax mailings because I warned the Bureau before the CIA's biocrime and Cipro sales psyops happened. I was right about COVID-19 being an AIDS-laced mutagen plan to resurge this fall to excuse officials' profitable depopulation globalization agendas. And I was right about the only safeguards being antioxidants and holy spiritual sustenance. Vitamin C, D, zinc, chlorophyll, oxygen, and oxysilver especially transmits the frequency resonance to neutralize the expanded function bioweapon. Oxysilver is a double superconductor of the healing power of love. It is the first nutraceutical invented to amplify prayer power and the faithful loving intention of your heart. Buy, try, and stockpile OxySilver through HealthyWorldStore.com. Welcome back to the White Rose Resistance Hour. I'm Casey Whalen, filling in today for Stuart Howe, or he's letting me use this platform basically to have our, our really great guests on. Uh, and uh, I want to make sure uh, to, that we, we need to support RBN as much as possible. We need to keep free speech alive on this platform. If you're able to help out with the donation, uh, I don't know what the, the number is to make a donation. I can't remember that number, but if you, I'm sure you can just call in uh, if you want to, uh, 512-248-8252. And I'm sure that Sam can make that happen. So uh, Sarah actually dropped off the call. Um, she had to she had to get going anyway. And I apologize, James. I was trying to have you ask her a question, but it just didn't didn't happen there. Uh, but uh, James, you're still there, right? Yeah, I am. No, it's no problem. All she's, right. uh, she's great at you know telling her own story and giving all the details. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, she's really great. Uh, and, and you know, I was, I was actually kind of allude to. Uh, you know, back in 2020, in, in I believe it was July, yeah, I had an event called Liberate America at the Kootenai County Fairgrounds, and it was a free event. Idaho just come out of stage two into stage three, where we could have more people come together. So we were allowed to have an event outside. We couldn't be indoors because we were, there was too many people. Um, we had, I think, about 2,800 uh, or more people that showed up. It was a free event. We raised... Uh, Three, over $3,000, which was donated to uh, the Jeanette Finicum Legal Fund for Lavoie Finicum, or the Lavoie uh, Finicum Legal Fund, I should say. Um, and uh, she was very happy with that. But that's one of the first events where Ashton spoke at, and uh, I and I think that was actually one of the first events that I meant to say uh, that uh, that Sarah spoke at after her, her or, ordeal. And then after that, she was just a powerhouse. I was going to ask her about that a little bit. I mean, she just... She just ran with it. I mean, she was showing up um, at the Psalm Sing event in Moscow, Idaho, and she was speaking there. And I documented a lot of this on my uh, my uh, video platforms. My YouTube channel is now gone. YouTube got rid of it just uh, 
month or so ago, which is fine. Uh, but I'm on Rumble primarily now under North Idaho Exposed, and my more recent video is of Ammon Bundy uh, at a rally he just had uh, here in Coeur d'Alene uh, about four or five days ago, if you'd like to check that out. so. Um, but let's get back to uh, to Ashton here, James. Um, feel free to, to ask uh, Ashton a question if you'd like to about uh, his ordeal. Yeah, so um, you, you, you have said one. you guys have got the body cam on that, right, Ashton? What's that? You guys, you guys have received all the body camera footage from that from that day, yes. is that right? That was Casey. He's he's the one that's been instrumental in really documenting comprehensively pretty much the whole case and everything we went through with that. And I'm just I'm saddened to hear that your YouTube his YouTube channel is gone because much of that was on there. Uh, and I actually I really enjoyed Casey's uh, you know channel, but um, I know he's on Rumble now and everything. But man, it's YouTube all backed is, up, Ashton. It's all backed up on Rumble and Odyssey. So, right. so it, yeah. it's still there. It's just you got to go look for it. So right, you, it's harder to find. I mean, YouTube. I just yeah. got my first mm-hmm. strike as well on YouTube. I mean, just the big tech fascists. <laughs> you just got one. <laughs> what took you so yeah, long? That's, I've <laughs> been under the radar. Welcome. Some. Yeah, thank Welcome. you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah, and, and James, you're you're. Um, uh, can you? I, I wanted to mention really fast. Plug your platforms real real quick for people in case we for in case I forget to to have you do that. Yeah, sure. It's uh, James Freeman on YouTube, um, and then I also run a uh, another YouTube channel called Fake News Network, and I kind of started up that one because on James Freeman, what I do is I try to not get community strikes. I try to keep it super shallow. Um, I try to appease the YouTube gods, and on the Fake News Network, I do whatever I want. And uh, at some point, that'll be taken down. I'll start another one. That'll be taken down. I'll start another one, and and so on. Um, and that's it's also James the- Freeman. Sorry, go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. I was going to say, well, the Fake News Network is the home of Dr. Fakey. That's just what I was going to say there. That's right, yes. Dr. Fakey, during the uh, during the COVID crisis, gave some excellent advice um, about how to protect yourself from the COVID's 1984s, including putting plastic bags over your head and doing a tourniquet around the neck to make sure it's fully sealed. Um, so excellent fake medical advice there. How do you spell fake again? Dr. Fakey. That's great. Uh, Dr. Fakey, I don't remember. I think it was F-A-U-C-I or something like that. It looks a lot like Fauci, but, uh-huh. yeah. you know. Okay. And, Ashton, why don't you plug your, your <laughs> platform, too? You, you, had a, you had a magazine for a while, too, Ashton, Saved Magazine, which was uh, spectacular. And I'll tell people uh, the name of your church uh, and a little bit about that, yeah. too. So, uh, so we're at New Covenant Baptist in Spokane, Washington. Uh, you can find us at newcovenantbaptist.org. I don't update the website a lot, but there are sermons on there and uh, how you can, uh, if you're local in the area and you want to come to church, uh, how you can find us and reach us. Then I, I do a lot of work on, I am on YouTube because that's where everybody is and that's, you know, the biggest reach right now. I'm hoping Rumble will will take off, you know, and, and some other alternative platforms. But you could find me at YouTube for now, as long as I'll last there, at Streaming Truth. So if you just search the channel Streaming Truth, uh, you can find me there. I post my weekly sermon videos. I do other, uh, you know, broadcasts that we'll do sometimes, hangouts, live streams. I'll probably repost this. I'm sure I will if you, you know... Um, if I get a copy of this, so we'll keep keep the message alive. 
And uh, yeah, those are my main, uh, you know, main ministry and uh, just personal pages and politics mm-hmm. and everything else that I'm involved in. Yeah, and, and I want to give James a chance to jump in. Go ahead, James. Go ahead. Well, I just, I just wanted to ask Ashton, are you are you still facing criminal charges for that uh, event at the Green Story Hour? And also, do you have a pending lawsuit against them yet, or, or even a lawyer lined up to do so? Right. So, if and okay. when charges are dropped. So, thankfully, we did come to a settlement that was vastly in my favor. And that's the only reason we, we agreed. Um, this all happened with my case. It all happened pre-COVID. And, uh, and so at that point, uh, the world had kind of changed after COVID. I mean, what, what I went through, it paled in comparison uh, to the tyranny, that the global tyranny that we started to see with the COVID lockdowns and the collapse of our economy and everything else and all the ma- you know the fascist mandates that we saw. So I thought at that time, you know, hey, the world might be ending. We should probably, like, end, you know, settle this. And I'm not speaking literally, but, you know, that's the kind of feeling people had. And I wanted to focus on, you know, what's going on now. And so we came to an agreement with the uh, city of Spokane, that they would drop all charges and uh, no fines, don't have to pay anything. I mean, this was really vastly slanted in my favor, uh, which is why we agreed. And the only thing I had to do was not get arrested for a year. Uh, so I had to kind of be like a good boy, you know, for a year and not do anything <laughs> dangerous, you know. Um, and so with those terms, it was kind of, you know, okay, you know, we, we accepted that. Um, we have not countered, countersued within my personal capacity. We don't have the lawyers uh, for that at this point. I know there's uh, still within the statute of limitations. I mean, that is something we could potentially do at some point. Um, but no plans in the works. We did try to sue from Save Magazine. We were going to do our countersuit for our this project that I did called Save Magazine. It's a short-term project, but it ended up uh, we had a Casey knows we had another event with that where had another run-in with the police where they literally told me that I can't uh, be a reporter um, and I can't talk about the Bible or I'll be arrested. Literally, they told me that. Um, and you have so, to that as well. Yeah, Casey has all of. That I don't remember. I don't remember that. When 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 did that happen? So that was at, at Drag Queen Story Hour number two. Oh um, yeah, okay. Right. So that occurred this, yeah. the next Saturday, and we showed up at Safe right. Magazine, and I, I walked through, and it's a long story, but um, I had a uh, I had someone ask me, one of the counter protesters from the Drag Queen side. They're like, hey, so you're the one that advocates for the death penalty for for homosexuals, right? And I'm like, uh, no. And then I, I started just quoting what Leviticus says about that in the Old Testament. I'm like, well, this is what the Bible says about that. And the moment I said the Bible, this towering police officer comes up uh, over me and just towers over me and says, you can't talk about the Bible as a reporter. And I'm like... Uh, <laughs> Just answering a question here. And he's like, if you if you talk, if you're going to be a reporter, be a reporter. If you're going to talk about the Bible, you're going to be arrested. And I mean, they threatened me with arrest again. You know, so it was. Wow. It was oh, my God. About that footage. 
So we try to counter sue, and of course we've got liberal judges in the state right. of um, Washington, and they dismissed it. We appealed. Even the appeals uh, at the federal level just said no. You have no case, um, and so we try to counter sue, but it didn't really didn't really work out. Yeah, I um, I was wondering too uh, if you were even able to find a lawyer that was willing to sue because I mean, uh, all of this stuff does end up being political, and no, no matter where you're at in the country, um, yeah. you know, there's certain places where your lawsuit would have done very well. You'd have lawyers lined up out the door to take it, and and yeah, out would have done very well with it. Um, Here we had, and I do want to give props to uh, my attorneys because there was an in, a, an a organization, a nonprofit called the PGI? Pacific Institute. Yeah, uh, P, PGI, uh, PJI, uh, Pacific Justice Institute, and they took on my case for free. Uh, it was pro bono. So unlike Sarah, which man, I mean, she's in twenty six thousand dollars. And her case is so stupid. You know, I've, I've run across, um, we've crossed paths a couple times, um, you know, with, with Sarah. We're all in the same area with Casey as well. But I, to me, it's stupidity to arrest a mom for being at a park, you know, and just wanting her kids to play at a park, you know. So sadly, you know, she didn't have that pro bono uh, attorney, but that's where, you know, we, we were helped with that. So that was a big help for sure. Didn't they sort of step out of that role? At at one point they stepped out of that role, didn't they? They uh PJI. They, yeah. They basically bowed we, out, I thought. We had a change of attorney and, and uh that did kind of change things a little bit. We had a my attorney ended up in the organization. But they pretty quickly got him replaced with a new attorney, and then that's when we were beginning to talk about, you know, come ending the, you know, coming to a settlement. And it was just, I think the city of Spokane really wanted out of this because they knew they had no case against me. They knew they were ridiculous in, in what they had done, and but they couldn't drop it because, like you said, it was so political, um, and they just couldn't let it go, and so. Yeah, so it wasn't a PJ didn't leave. It was just the internal attorney switched. Yeah, it's just it's so uh, frustrating uh, that there's no there's no retribution. There's no yeah. It doesn't feel like there's any mechanism to to do anything. I mean, we have all that body camera footage blatantly showing the police violating people's rights, and there's just you know. Nothing you can do about it. Uh, it's unbelievable. It's Unless sick. there was like a shirk kind of an attorney who's who wanted to take the case, you know. I mean, the guys at PJI were there for defense more than anything, I think, you know. Um, and they, they did a good job as far as that. But you, you kind of really need like a, you know, strong kind of worldly attorney who's, who's kind of a shark to go after them. And types like that aren't going to step up in, in this kind of a case. So I'll, I'll tell you what the... The tides are changing a little bit. Even just five years ago when I started doing what I'm doing, it was almost impossible to find an attorney, especially to sue the police um, for violating people's rights. And uh, recently, um, we've been able to get a lot of people hooked up with uh, attorneys that not just aren't just willing to do it, but yeah. truly believe in what they're doing. Um, That's and, good. You know, yeah. one of the things that I 
also is I share hey, real, real, videos real, real quick, James, because a lot of times uh, real quick before you get these, I want you to tell your story there, but um, I don't think that our guest is going to, our special guest is going to call in because they're busy, I think. But uh, if you'd like to call in and ask Ashen or James Freeman a question, you can call in at 512-248-8252. That's 512-248-8252. We may be able to squeeze in a, a call or two. So feel free to call in. Go ahead, James. Yeah, I was just going to say, Ashvin, that that I think that um, even when you're not able to, to soothe, you know, feels like we're not making progress, simply putting those videos out there of those interactions of police doing this to people does affect the court of public opinion. Um, I a lot of times the biggest win we can get is showing the world what happened to you. I agree. And, you know, what's what's interesting about with the police is, you know, at heart, I'm I'm pro police when they're constitutional, when they are, you know, sure. and I'm especially pro sheriff when they're constitutional. Although that can be a bit of a political office too, in, in many ways, since they're elected. Um, but in either case, you know, it it kind of creates a conflict because even the question of suing, you know, I really I really like a lot of the police in our in our you know local police here in the area. I mean, for the most part. Like when it came to COVID, for example, they weren't heavy handed like we saw in Australia or, you know, Canada or somewhere like that, where they were just like outright, you know, like the Third Reich, you know. So I, I appreciate right. you know, the police in in their integral role, in their fundamental role of, you know, serving the people to protect and to serve. Right. So so it creates a real conflict for me even to want to sue them. Uh, but even, you know, and so that's kind of the trouble as well. You know, it, they, they put me in a position where I know they did wrong. It was definitely not constitutional. My rights were definitely infringed. Um, but you know, it's just, it's a crazy upside down world right now. Well, and we all know that, you know, it, right. you, you, you got your administrative state in my rule of law, you know, so that's, that's the issue is, is where the, uh, that's Statutes, right. codes, rules, regulations, policy, ordinances, etc., are to control the behavior of the bureaucracy, bureaucracy, not the people. Um, and uh, society or the state cannot be the victim, but that's definitely not the case, unfortunately. Exactly. That's just the reality, unfortunately. Go ahead, James. Uh, I get it, too. Five years ago, I was in the same position as you. Had some bad things happen to me, and I'm going, well, I don't want to sue them. I mean, come on, everybody's got a bad day, you know? <laughs> Right, and it, it, it just got, and even at this point, I'm like, does it really help when I sue them? You know, the insurance company pays out. My my real goal is always, can we put a stop to this behavior? Can can we? I mean, what, what can we do to get them to start thinking about what they're doing? Um, well, right. James, we're, we're going to go to a to this day, we're going to we're, we're going to go to a break here in, in just a second. Uh, but James, what, maybe you can tell your story about your victory in in Texas with uh, Chief Salvaggio. Is that his name? Sure. I'm not supposed to talk about it for another week, but I'm going to do it. Oh, well, or, or go down the line of thinking that you're on. Um, but I thought that would be interesting. Or at least tell people that you had a victory anyway, is what I was alluding to. Sure. Uh, we're, we're, I don't, we're not going to break yet. Probably be any time, but go ahead. Well, I'm sorry right now. I'm sorry about that. <laughs> Uh, so, yeah, actually, in 2018, Ashvin is when I changed my mind about that. Uh, like I said, I had a few things happen to me and, and never sued. And then I had this police department in Texas, Leon Valley, Texas, 
that arrested me three times in a week unlawfully. Once for recording the arrest of somebody else, a second time, um, that gets a little a really complex that would take a long time to talk about, but they arrested me on a false felony charge. And then uh, again, for recording people's uh, other people being arrested. Um, myself and 12, uh, 12 other people uh, started broadcasting videos and stories about it. Um, after it's been four and a half years now, we just settled the civil lawsuit. But in order, first, the police chief was fired. Second, the city manager was fired. Uh, well, no, sorry. First, they, uh, the, the citizens um, did recall elections, got rid of their mayor and their council members, flipped the whole city upside down, fired the chief, fired the city manager, got rid of half of the police department and replaced them with new ones. Um, and we filed a civil lawsuit. And after four and a half years, the, the total amount that the city paid out for these unlawful arrests of multiple people was about $1.5 million. That's amazing. I mean, and you're right in that there has to be some legal precedence to set and, and rights have to be wronged, you know? I mean, so you've got your average daily policeman, but then you've got the, the codes, the laws, like Casey said, that can only be changed legally. So I agree, there is a place to actually sue, but it does create an emotional conflict, you know, uh, which is in- sure. it's an interesting conflict. You know, I think about that often. And um, I don't know how much time we have till the break, but um, there was... We may be skipping the break, it seems. Oh, okay. Well, it, it put me in mind of what I was saying to the police that day um, in a little bit of a story. But, you know, this whole thing was predicated upon that... Wrong. What was happening at the library was, was just simply wrong. And one thing that... I said to the police as I was being arrested or about to be arrested was that, you know, back in my day and I grew up in like the 1980s, uh, you know, 80s, uh, 90s, around that time. Um, and I said, you know, back in my day, the police would have been standing with me. There is no way uh, that any any citizen, any man in the 80s would have allowed a man dressed up as a grown woman or a drag queen or, you know, anyone from within the LGBT community to sit and read stories about being gender fluid to, to like three or four or five year olds. That just, and it, they would have arrested. And, and, uh, and uh, actually, can you talk about, I mean, I, don't, I, I think this is interesting actually that you're Persian, you're, you're from Iran originally, you grew up in California. Can you talk a little bit about that? Uh, we only have a couple minutes left in the show but but you have an interesting perspective sure yeah so i was i immigrated here legally by the way in in 1978 79 around around that time i was five years old um and yeah i I mean we we were leaving around the time of it was just pre-revolution there was this you know the great islamic revolution uh which led to what we see now in iran and much of the middle east uh, was not like that. Uh, prior to the late 70s, there was a, a royalty, there was a king, it was like a king, a name was the Shah, uh, some older you know, listeners who might remember that, but um, it transitioned, the, the, uh, the government transitioned from having a king, like a literal king, to having uh, this Islamic Republic that we see now. And so my family kind of got word that these things were in the air and were happening, kind of like what we sense, you know, things falling apart in America as we have. And uh, we migrated here when I was five years old, basically, and pretty much grew up here. And 
and, it, and that gave me a real sense of uh, appreciating freedom, appreciating um, our, our American values. Uh, I grew up very patriotic as, as a result of that. And, um, and so that's why I continue to fight, you know, along with my Christian beliefs. Uh, and I was saved here when I was 21. I wasn't a Christian in Iran, obviously, but... Well, you're you're uh, you're a true patriot for sure. I mean, <laughs> I'll never forget we were at the I think Washington State University, the medical uh, camp, camp, um, campus there when Jay Inslee was was there, and yeah. uh, they they wouldn't let us in because they they identified who I was. That's a whole other story in itself, which was through the fusion, the Washington State Fusion Center. I'll just leave it at that. Uh, but you just were <laughs> on a tear. I mean, you were calling them out. <laughs> Uh, for violent, not letting, you know, they were, they're basically, we were there as press and they wouldn't let us in. Yeah. I remember those days. It was pretty fun. <laughs> I think I've calmed down a little bit since then. Maybe. I don't know. But, but uh, yeah, it was, we've I gone it. through interesting times together. Yeah. I'm just waiting for the next, next big thing. Right. So, so we'll see. It looks that but way, you, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah, you never know. I mean, they're they're continuing to push with the globalist agenda, and the Great Reset now seems to be the big thing with the economy and, and the collapse that we've been seeing. So, but yeah, I mean, it's it's interesting just with the police. Uh, getting back to that, when I when I told them, you know, uh, the police would have been standing with me that day. This is the line I'll never forget. One of the police officers looked me straight in the eye. And we always repeat this line as a joke in our household now. He went, it's not that day, sir. It's not that day. And then I was arrested, like, immediately after that. <laughs> i got to say, the, the members of your, your church that day were, were also very passionate and fired up. And uh, I remember Randy in the body camera footage, he was just fired up and just, you know, it, it was just unbelievable that they were arresting you and, uh, I kind of missed that actually. I, I, I don't know. How, how, I was like right there when he got arrested, but somehow I completely missed it. I had no idea who you were at the time, but um, yeah, but that was what you know. God is is amazing, you know, I, to say the least. I mean, <laughs> after going, I mean, you know, when you really go down this path and just just put your faith in in into, into uh, fighting for freedom, it's it's amazing the doors that God opens. Amen. I mean, believe it or well, not, we actually we got to we got to go. Action. I'm sorry. I want to yeah, thank uh, Pastor Ashton Yakton, James Freeman, and Sarah Brady for joining us today. Please support RBN. We'll see you next time on the White Rose Resistance Hour. And as you cross the wilderness, spending in your emptiness, you have to pray. Looking for a sign that the universe on my hands. Has written you into the passion play Skating away Skating away Skating away On the thin ice of a new day Standing six foot four, weighing in 245 pounds of crime-fighting, political science, analyzing brawn. Ladies and gentlemen, Dr. Patrick Slattery. So, Mike, get off this anti-cicada agenda. I'm a born-again traditional Christian, and my favorite possessions are right here on my nightstand. That would be the King James Bible and my 357 revolver. I'd rather be ruled by Chinamen than Jews. 
cool it with the anti-Semitic remarks, right? Just because you steal an election and terminate the republic doesn't mean you terminate the people in the republic, because we're still here. I'm not taking the vaccine. you, Bill Gates. There was a way forward still on January 6th. What needed to be done is to object to every single state. The COVID-19 virus was the setup. The vaccine could very well be a bioweapon. The Patrick and Jeremy Show. Tuesday at 9 Central and Wednesday at 1 Central. You're listening to Real Talk Radio. Only on the Republic Broadcasting Network.